praise this morning. Amen. Well, good morning. We can never lose sight of the cross. Amen. I love what Romans 12 and 1 says. It says, in view of God's mercy. That means if we don't keep God's mercy in view, then we're in trouble. And we keep the cross in front of us and what he did for us. And we are so thankful for Jesus Christ and his sacrifice for us. Amen. Can we give him praise? Thankful for that. We want to welcome you here today, everybody that's here. We want to tell you that we, you, we believe you stepped into home today if you're visiting. This is a great church, a powerful church, and we are thankful that you're here this morning, each and every one. I get the opportunity today to brag on some of the greatest teenagers in this world that I've ever met today. I get the opportunity to thank the church for sending our youth group down to International Teen Talent, which is a competition in the Church of God. Listen, we enjoyed ourselves. We saw choirs from Africa and Canada, and we saw South American, uh, some, some churches from down there. We saw churches from all over the world and competed against them. And can I tell you today, the group that you sent, the group of young people, were so incredible. They were such an example, and they, they, they carried themselves in a way that each of you would be proud, and I believe the Lord was proud of them. We got taught a lesson. This, we got taught a lesson. We can clap and praise God for that. We got taught a lesson over this last year that we've been practicing. We got taught a lesson that you don't give God the rest, you give Him the best. You give Him your best. If you have a gift and a talent, then you should work on it. You should practice. You should try to perfect that craft in excellence, in worship, and honor to the Lord. And these young people, we participated in seven different events. We had individual art and individual piano and dramas, and we sang in an ensemble. One of the judges came and found us out and about that I knew who he was, and he said, oh, you're from Stratford Heights. That group was great. That group was incredible. He found me and bragged on them, and I don't know. I know we had such a long week some of our leaders that went James and Christina Martin that were able to go and Angela Angie and Marty Tackett were able to go Angela and Marty want to thank both of them for going and I want you to help me appreciate your young people that represented you so well there's some of them that are here today and some of them that are serving in children's church and all over this building they represented you in such an incredible way and I want to appreciate each and every one of them that did that and I know pastor will talk about that a little bit more we're so thankful that you're here this morning we want you to get out in the aisles and welcome one another into God's house this morning I just want to stand in Jesus name I just want to stand your word broken no matter what people say matter
a sacred time when we take time to do the communion service part and to thank the Lord and let our minds go back to the time when Jesus set the example and told his disciples that he was going to die on the cross and how he took time and instituted the Lord's Supper and gave them the bread to eat which represents his body and to drink the juice that represents his blood that was spilled. And the Apostle Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 11th chapter, the words of Jesus at that last supper, and we'll read them this morning. He said, For I have received of the Lord that also which I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, the same night in which he was betrayed, Judas betrayed him. That same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take eat, this is my body which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. We're going to pray over the elements first before we partake. Let's just ask his blessings today upon it. Father in heaven, we give you thanks for the gift of your son Jesus. How he loved us and how you loved us. And you showed that at Calvary, Lord. And we thank you for his body that was broken and the blood that was shed for our sins. And we do this in remembrance, Lord, of what you did for us. And we'll do it until that day when we drink it anew and afresh with you and we're around your throne. Thank you today for that hope that you give us that we can be free from our sins and that we can rejoice in you because our names are written 
in the Lamb's book of life. Bless this now, we pray in the name of Jesus, and amen. When he'd given thanks, he broke the bread and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Let's partake of the bread. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise the name of Jesus. Praise the name of Jesus. And in the same manner also he took the cup. And when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do you as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. Let's drink it. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus, today. Hallelujah. We show forth his death today through the act of this communion service. Thank you today, Lord Jesus. Thank you, God, for loving us. Isn't it wonderful to be saved from sin? Just remain standing, if you would, at this time and continue to sing and worship the Lord. Away I give myself away Yes, God Hallelujah Yes, Lord Hallelujah Oh, hallelujah Hallelujah Give myself
Give myself away. Life is not my 
As we continue to pray, let's pray for the nation of Israel today. God, we just pray. We ask that you would move over the nation of Israel. God, move over their borders, through every valley and every mountaintop. Go into every home. God, into every way of life. God, we pray that you would bless the nation of Israel today, that you would be with them. God, that you would take care of them, their families, their economy. God, their way of life. Protect them. Watch over them. God, we pray that you would give them the, the greatest blessings. And Lord, that you would take care of them and stand with them. God, as they're surrounded, as they're surrounded by opposition, God, we pray that you would be with them and take care of them, protect them today, Lord, and bless them mightily. In the name of Jesus, amen, amen. beyond just a second there we are god bless you isn't the lord good this morning you feel his presence in his house Hallelujah. there's a, a spirit of prayer in this place why don't you put your hand on your heart if you would right here this morning father in the name of jesus we believe right now lord for miraculous healing strength and touch in this place Pray that the angels of the Lord will be dispatched, Lord, to situations that are heavy on our hearts. Family members, lost loved ones that we're praying for. God, we just pray over them. We pray over ourselves physically for a, for a healing touch. Just believing that you're in, the, you're in the season, Lord, of answering prayer for your people. We thank you for your touch today. We thank you for the word of God that we stand on and faith that bridges between us and heaven. Thank you, and we pray it all in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Okay. While I got them out, listen really closely. We just, we just, not, we didn't make up an excuse, but we got Liz and Virgil out of here real quick. They're not in here, are they? Okay. Liz and Virgil, don't clap. We don't have time. But Liz and Virgil celebrating 60 years of marriage and they don't really that they don't really that was the guy in class that never followed instructions (laughs) I'm just playing I knew it was Mark I knew it but listen next Sunday morning we're going to honor them in the service they don't know don't say anything to them Don't wish them a happy anniversary. Don't say a word to them. But we are going to honor them. We're going to get their family here. I want you to get cards, uh, letters, checks for a million dollars, whatever you can do. I want them to be so overwhelmed with blessing and love next Sunday. 
We're going to have a little slideshow, and we're just going to make it up. And we're going to, I'm going to preach in that service, but we're going to take part of it to celebrate them. They're deserving, aren't they? Would you say amen? They don't know anything about it. Their family's going to be here. They're going to be so excited. And so while I got them out, uh, I want you to be ready for that next Sunday. Come ready, prepared, bring a card. We're going to have a big basket, and we'll put it all together for them and just surprise them to death. So I'm excited to do that, aren't you? Amen. God bless you. Right now, I want to turn it over to our missionettes who are coming to uh, recognize a couple of ladies who have achieved special reward. attention to these three ladies. Uh, they have went through the honor program at Impact and they've uh, each completed a different milestone. But before we get to them, I'd like to thank our sponsors and I'd like for each of them to stand. Debbie Oxberger, she starts out teaching them when they're very small in pre-kindergarten and kindergarten. And then they move up to Carolyn Perfetti's class, which is the Prims, and Carolyn is in the back. And then they move on to Heidi Lawson's class. And uh, Heidi takes care of like the fourth and fifth grade girls. And then they move into Friends, which is taught by um, uh, Whitney, uh, Whitney Jones. And uh, she has them for 6th, 7th, and 8th. And then they move up to Mary Coster's class. And she has them 9 through 12. This is a very involved program. They start out even in kindergarten. They learn nine verses. They complete nine units. And they earn badges for each of these. And then when they move up to Prim's, uh, it gets a little bit harder. The verses get longer. They have 18 they have to complete. And each one builds until when they're in girls only, they have to complete 20 units. The verses are like three and four sentences long, of which they have to take a test at the end. And they have to pass this test uh, with a passing grade in order to become honors. Now when they're in STARS, if they complete that, and all these girls have done the entire program, they will earn their bronze medal. And Holly will show you this. And then once they go through STAR or FRIENDS, they will earn the silver medal. And Hunter will show you this. And then, finally, when they're ready to graduate high school, and this, I mean, this test is like eight pages long that they have to complete. Uh, along with that, they have to have read the Bible completely through twice, not once. They start in stars reading the New Testament, and friends, they read the Old, 
And then in girls only, they completely read the entire Bible a second time. And then they earn their gold medal, which Allie will show you. They also receive a gold rose, which is a real live rose that's been dipped in 24 karat gold paint and preserved for a lifetime. And when and Allie was, was our first to earn this rose. And she was very generous at the ceremony in Columbus and allowed each of us that went with her to hold the rose. And I'd also like to thank Cameron Jones. Brother uh, Jones went with us and escorted uh, Allie across the stage. And each one of these girls, I think, deserves a very, very hard round of applause. They each also have a certificate that is coming from the home office that has not arrived yet, but they'll be presented that once it arrives. And I'd like to take this opportunity to say if any of you would like to help be a sponsor or help us out in any way back in Impact on Wednesday nights from 7 to 8, we would very happily love to have you back there. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Very good. You did great. Thank you, ladies. Don't they look also very pretty today? They look very elegant. Read the Bible through twice. Well, y'all are preaching today, so get your message ready. I also want to reiterate very quickly my appreciation to the young people. I was able to go down for a couple of days and be there for them and their competition and, and uh, just so proud of them. And what I love about it is that, you know, what Teen Talent represents, and believe it or not, I, I was once a Teen Talent participant way back in the olden days. But uh, Teen Talent has always, it's not really about the trophy, the plastic one. It's not about that. It's a, not so much as it is. It's good to, to win, and we love the, the spirit of, of winning and, and excelling and doing your best. But what's important is that they learn excellence, and they learn to refine the gift that God's given to them. That's what impact does, and that's what teen talent does as well. So we're excited. We've always, our church has always supported. We've had ensembles and drama teams going clear back to the 70s, the 60s, who have participated in teen talent. We've always been a part of it and supported it. And it was good to be there, to be down at Lee University and to see um, them excel. And not only that, but laugh and have a great time. And I, you know, he thanked everybody else and all the other leaders that went. There were several of them that went. But uh, I want to thank Cameron Jones. I want to acknowledge and say to this church, we sure struck gold when we got him. What I love about him is, uh, you know, he's, 
He's not one of those Hawaiian shirt-wearing, banana-split, you know, kind of racing guys. He's not. He's somebody that has a heart. And I watched him as he listened, and he was proud. And he would stand back, and you'd, he might as well have been their father, the way he was acting. And uh, just watch the way that he loved our kids and would listen to them and talk with them and spend time with them and love on them. And when they didn't win in a certain category, he was right there to build them back up. And I just, I love him and I appreciate him. And I think that Stratford Heights has got like a great youth pastor and a wonderful pastor's wife back there, Whitney, who loves our kids with him. And I appreciate them very much. And also, as the ushers are coming to prepare to serve you today, I want to thank you for last Sunday. Uh, it's an awkward day, as I mentioned last week. Um, I woke up in the morning with a big dread in my stomach, and you get here, and, and it isn't long before you just melt under all the love. And I want to appreciate you and thank you. Uh, I told Judy, I think it was, I said, I can't believe after 34 years and eight years as a pastor, they still like me. <laughs> but I appreciate you, and I love you. I feel like we have a great team and a wonderful, uh, wonderful church, and God is doing some wonderful and great things. And I just feel like we're all very strategically placed right where God wants us for now. And I believe he's coming very soon and getting us ready. But I want to thank you. Uh, I'm still looking at cards. I'm still reading them. I think I've got about 25 or 30 left to get through because I'm taking the time to read each one and uh, want to write out thank you cards and, and make sure you understand and know how grateful I am. Um, but I want to say it right now so that you know I'm very thankful and very grateful for the love that you show. That once a year, you know, you, like I've mentioned before, you come, I was here 26 years and I loved Pastor Appreciation Day. And then last week I'm like, I don't want to go because <laughs> it just feels awkward. But uh, I'm telling you, you melt, like I said, under the love, and it isn't long before you're just gushing with all kinds of just tears and choked back, and, and you don't realize how much you need to hear the love. And so thank you very much. I love you too, and I appreciate you letting me be your pastor. The ushers are ready to serve you, and as they are, I want us to, uh, to help missionaries around the world in the needs that they have. This is that time in our service where all the loose offering, every dime, goes straight to world missions. And so I want you to give as well. Those of you who have come prepared and ready to pay your tithe and to give to the building fund, thank you so much. I got a, uh, a check this morning. Someone handed me and said, this is for the building fund. I understand we're breaking ground. I said, yes, sir, we are. We're, we're in that stage, and God has blessed us to be at this point right now. God's doing great things. And so I appreciate all of you who are so faithful to support and to give. And as God blesses you, I know you are always good to bless the church. Father, we come before you. We ask your blessings over our missionaries, Lord, literally around the world. Those that we support in Africa, in Eastern, Western Europe, in Romania, and South America. Lord, in Israel, we just thank you for those that we support and love and pray for. I ask your blessings to be on them and that the needs will be met in their life, that we're not just giving an offering, but we're literally being used to meet a need. We pray over it, we bless it, and we dedicate every dime and every dollar in the name of Jesus Christ to the work of the kingdom. Amen.
shall always be my song of praise. For it was grace that bought my liberty. I do not know just why he came to love me so. How many of you are thankful this morning he looked beyond your faults and he saw the need in your life? Amen. I think I'll just preach with her in my arms. The Lord is good this morning. The presence of God is here in a wonderful way. I want to show off this little bundle of just sweetness and beauty. This is little Sarah James Brunson. This is her first Sunday at her church. She is six days old. Can you believe that? It's just beautiful. She belongs to Brandy, and uh, she is here today. And she's already... Now, why is it you learn to yawn? One of the first things. Is that because I'm a preacher? Yeah. Very pretty. I want to uh, 
want to thank all of those who worked so hard on what you see all around the altar. You know, when they, we, we first had the idea and the thought of, of the Clayton Street Mission taking on its second project, we talked about a tote ministry. I had walked into a church in Dayton and I saw totes all over their lobby and it just never got away from me. And I, we inquired and asked our Clayton Street Mission team to uh, come together with brainstorming. And they got together and we had one as a planner and one as an organizer and one as a, a worker and one as just, I'm one of those dreamers and visionaries. And so we were just dreaming and thinking of what we could do. And the idea came up for us to go to the high school, High View Middle School and to bless every single family whose child attends that school. And at first it was overwhelming. At first I thought, there's just no way, it's too big. Maybe we could get a couple of churches together. Maybe we could do it that way. But the more and more we talked about it, the more we just said, let's trust God and let's just do this. Let's do it. And I thought, oh goodness, Lord, please help us. And when we found out, Nicole Locke, Nicole, where you at? Stand up. Nicole has been speaking to you. She has kind of taken the the reins of this program, this project, with our our several team members. All the team members, if you're here today, won't you stand up? Rhonda, uh, Andrew, I know Brittany and Tyler are in Tennessee. Uh, Christian and Francella are normally here. They um, are all part of this, this steering committee team. And we dreamed this up, and we brought it to you. When I first talked with Nicole, I thought... I was afraid to ask her, well, how many students are there at Highview? And I was thinking, oh, 150, 200? And she said, 500. And I said, do you know how much money that is? I was like, that's impossible. We can't do that. And we kept trying to dream up ways. How in the world will we ever do this? I want to thank you. You are awesome. You're a great church. You came together and you helped. And there were so many different people. Like I said, there's directors and leaders and workers and people who meet with principals and people who organize and put it all together and put it on paper and plan it all out and think it through. And, and then there are those busy bees that just get it done. And I want to thank you, Stratford Heights Church of God. Within a week and a half, of just real outright fundraising, driving this thing. Nicole sent me a text the other night and she said, we got it all, every bit of it. Over 500 bags are right here. They are ready to go. Amen. I want to thank all the volunteers, the people you come through the lobby, any any particular time and you just see a bunch of people just busy working silent people you know we need all kinds of people we need those that can, can get up on the stage and we need those who just know how to pack a bag and everybody that did everything thank you so much for what you did what's interesting and awesome about this is that we are going to be able to bless every single family that attends their child attends the Highview Middle School They're taking them over there today. As a matter of fact, immediately after service, they have asked for any assistance in loading these things up. If you can carry five or six bags or 20, um, 
if you could help us a few minutes right after service, that would be fantastic to try to get these loaded so we can take them. They're going to be meeting with the school and the principal today and, and delivering them. But what was awesome about it is the way that God has moved in this project from the principal all the way down. People's lives have been changed and touched all over town. People have been uh, blessing and talking and, and sharing about Stratford Heights doing this crazy thing where we literally bought all the school supplies for that entire school. I'm just so proud and I'm thankful to God that he made it happen. I want you to stand with me if you would because I don't want these to leave the building. We have the opportunity to pray over paper and pencils, notebooks, crayons, all kinds of glue sticks, and you name it, it's in there. I want us to pray over them. I want us to pray over every kid who picks one of these up when they register for their classes. When they get this thing in their hand, I want it to be anointed and prayed over. We did it at 8.30. Those folks prayed over them, and I want you to help me do it right now. I want us to pray. Would you stretch your hands towards the altars? A couple of you folks on the front row, why don't you just step forward and, and lay your hands right on those bags. I want us to pray over them in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we come as a church. We don't want a name for ourselves. We want a name for you. We want you to be represented. We, Lord, we want you to be the one that receives glory and honor. We want your spirit, your presence to go with each of these bags. Assign angels, Lord, to each one. And as children begin to open them up, may they have a sense, Lord, that there's something greater, something out there that's looking out for them, that you are alive and well in their lives. Let them sense your presence. Know your power in a wonderful way. I pray for favor over their lives. I pray this will be a good year, that at the end of the year, they'll think back and maybe think, man, you know, I was favored. I was blessed all year long and that you remember when that church gave us our school supplies it just seemed like something was up with those pencils something was up with those papers those those glue sticks lord there was something about them that was just different they were given out of love and that is jesus I pray over them. God, I just pray that their lives will be blessed. I pray for every mother and father. I pray over their families. I lift them up and pray that, Lord, as they receive these bags, they'll receive the anointing behind it. The, the Spirit of God will be at work in their lives. I pray that you'll protect them from harm. I pray it'll be a good year, a wonderful year, where steps are ordered and favored. I pray for blessing over their house. And I pray, God, for teachers, every teacher, every staff and assistant that will be working with these children. I pray there'll just be a supernatural intervention over Highview Middle School. I'm praying that, Lord, there be a batch of angels that are all around the front door, the back door, the gymnasium, everywhere. I pray in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, you do the work of God. And let there be something special about this because it's love. It's pure love with wanting nothing in return, just love that says Jesus is alive and well. And churches are still here to do good things and to reach out and to love people for no reason, not wanting anything in return. God, let this be a message that says we love them because you loved us. And we pray this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And we give you the honor, we give you the praise, and we give you the glory for every child that is touched, for every family that is blessed, for every teacher that senses the love. 
We pray it in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And everyone together said, amen. Amen. Could you give the Lord praise? Amen. I actually want one of them bags. You can be seated. As we get into the service this morning, I'm beginning a series today. Going deeper. It's time to go deeper. It's time for us to recognize what God is doing in our church and to move forward into all that he's doing. Where he's blessed us. I want to say, Tanya, it's so wonderful to see you back home in Ohio. Our Tennessee lady. Would you stand up? We just love you. We miss you. We don't like you being gone. But we know you're blessed down there with your family. If you're going to go somewhere, go to the Holy Land. Go to Tennessee. Did I hear Rocky Top somewhere? I I heard Rocky Top. We love it when you're able to come home and be with us. It's time. We can't grow if we don't allow God to, to pull on us, to put us in uncomfortable situations. I learned this years ago. I have to sometimes put myself in uncomfortable situations in order to realize strength to be able to look past my limitations. A lot of folks, they allow their fears, they allow insecurities, they allow all kinds of things to just hold them back. They don't ever move forward into the gifting that God has given them. They never realize their full potential. They just stay kind of back in this weak area of fear. It's time for us at Stratford Heights to go for it. We have a responsibility the next several weeks, I don't even know how many weeks, I'm going to be talking about going deeper. Today I've called the message, go for it. Turn to somebody and say, you need to go for it. It's time to go for it. It's time to move past our limitations and move into the destiny that God has for us. The only way to advance your position, grow your potential, expand your horizons, become what you were meant to be, upgrade your output, elevate your influence. I wrote these down. Enlarge your borders is to go for it. Sometimes you just got to quit looking at all the limitations and you got to step in to the unknown. You got to take the risk. You got to get bold. Stratford Heights Church of God is standing at a crossroads right now. God is answering prayers right now. I can't believe what season that we're in. We're in a season of answered prayers. It, it's, it's specific. It's, it's unbelievable. It's not like normal. God answers prayers, has been answering, answering prayers since the beginning. But I'm telling you, we're in a season of answered prayers. I'm seeing people coming forward to testifying. That they've been praying for a year. They've been praying for this many months. They've been praying over a particular situation. And God is bringing it to pass, like, bam, right now. I can't believe the way miracles are taking place. Loved, I just keep telling, I keep using her as a sermon illustration, but Linda Robinson has got the reports. She's got the doctor's reports. She'll show you. The one that says she's in stage three, kidney failure. The one that says that she's in trouble. And then the, she's got another one after she had come in here and she cried and came down to the altar and I could see the heaviness, the weight on her. She came into the altar on a Sunday night and she said, Pastor, they've told me I have stage three kidney liver, kidney failure, and 
something's wrong and the doctors called me and they want to do more tests and more blood work and, and I've got to go back and she said I'm just I'm afraid I want to give this to God I don't know what they're going to say I just want to pray or I need prayer we anointed her with oil and something happened something happened it wasn't a promise of something to happen tomorrow it was something that happened instantly in that moment everyone who was here on that Sunday night you remember something supernatural broke through in the roof of this building and right here in the altar right about here she literally was overcome overwhelmed by the spirit of the lord power of god touched her she went down to her knees now if you know linda linda's not a very she's not one of those people that's out there she's kind of quiet the spirit of the lord touched her in a mighty way she began to pray in the spirit and the power of the lord fell everybody who was standing in the vicinity took off shouting everybody was shouting everybody was saying everybody knew something had taken place now the world will tell you nominal churches will tell you well that was just emotionalism well that was people getting a little riled up don't you think was you playing in the key of c at the time There's a difference when somebody gets excited. And I like excitement. I wouldn't go to a church that was dead. I like it when y'all dance. I like it when y'all get hooting and hollering. I love it when you guys are like, glory, adios. I love it. I like excitement. I wouldn't dare go to a game, Brian, without there being excitement. You love it when the fans are out there just leaning over, almost about to fall out of their seats. You love that. I love it. But there's a difference when the Spirit of the Lord is at work. And you sense automatically that there is something, Sister Elaine, that has come from heaven. Where literally the power of God has worked into a service. We knew. She looked at me right about halfway up here and she said, I don't know what has happened tonight. She says, but I have never experienced this in my life. I looked at her and I said, I haven't either. I said, it was something special. I can't wait to get your report. Well, they called me on the way home from the doctor's office. When they got there with her stage three report in her hand, they handed her a brand new one that said, zero, not a problem, perfect. Kidneys working just fine. God is on the throne. He heals his people. He heals his people. I love what she said because she knows how doubtful everybody is. She goes, I got both reports. I said, let's publish them. Let's give God all the glory and the honor and the praise. He's not dead and gone and dried up and he ain't in the air and he ain't on the throne. He's still alive and well. The Republicans don't have it. The Democrats don't have it. Hollywood certainly don't have it. I'm telling you, he's still God of the universe and he's in control. And he's a God that you can depend on and trust. And God is doing something. He's doing something. The way everything has fallen into place for us to now begin the building project. And there's another one. I've been praying for a miracle. I've been praying for an impossible situation. I mean impossible. People looked at me and shook their heads and said, Pastor, wow, really? You're praying for that? And I said, yes. Agree with me and pray with me about this. This is what I'm asking the Lord for. And they were like, that will never happen. And I said, well, you don't pray because you don't have faith. No. <laughs> and I'm not ready to announce it yet. I got, I got two days left. 
And after that second day, I'm going to come in here and announce it. Next Sunday, I probably won't even preach. I'll just stand here and tell you and let you shout for two hours. God is doing things. He's stirring up. So it's time for us to go for it. It's time for us to get, get a, an understanding that, man, we've got to get busy for what he's doing. You've got to position yourself. Put yourself in the place where God can use you, where God can bless you, where God can deliver you, where God can heal you, where he can absolutely, supernaturally intervene. You've got to put yourself there. You've got to be that vehicle that God can use. You've got to be the one that God can call. Sometimes we get so distracted. We get our feelings and our emotions and so many things in the way, our fears. And we let hindrances and we let limitations. We let things stop us from being used of God. I'm here to tell you, he's walking to and fro on the earth looking for someone that he can use. Someone that he can bless. Someone that he can heal. I'm telling you, God is doing something. He wants you and I to know his spirit power wants us to know his work it's time for us to go for it i said i wrote this down i was in a mood i wrote this down i said it's time to separate the sheep from the goats the couch potatoes from the tater tots i was anointed when i wrote that i prayed and i said god it's it's time to know who's called to the house who's called to this house I love all the churches. I love all the ministries. I love everybody. I love supporting them and loving them. I was screaming for all them churches down there in Tennessee. I love it. But I am praying for Stratford Heights. I'm I'm praying that God will touch this house, this place. And I'm wanting to know who's called to the house. And I'm calling you right now. If you're called to this house, I want us to get, a, get ready. I want us to get in position. I want us to shake ourselves and get us to the place where God can do something amazing and wonderful and supernatural through us in this city. I want this city to be scratching their head with eyes of wonder and amazement because God is up on the hill on Braille Boulevard. I want God to be shown to the city. Oh, I'm proud of him. I was proud of those kids. I was excited about those kids. But I'm telling you what, I'm more excited about. I'm more excited about God coming through for Linda Robinson. I'm excited about God coming through and saving my soul. I'm proud to be a Christian, for I am unashamed of the gospel of Christ. I'm proud. I'm proud. I'm not hiding it. I'm not trying to bury it. I don't want my talent in the backyard. I want to get out and let the world know I am a child of the Most High and living God. That's what I want. I'm excited about it. And you and I have been strategically placed right here, right now. You're called to the house. I want Him to anoint you. I want Him to bless you. I want Him to turn you upside down. I want Him to fireball you. I want you to feel the power that I'm feeling and sensing. I'm knowing that God is doing something. He's in a season of answering prayers. Your world's going to shake up. Hear me. Your world's going to shake up. He's getting the uncomfortable stuff out of your way. And you might be hanging on to it. You might be holding it. And it might be a crutch for you. He might have to kick a few things out. He might have to crush the foundation that you're standing on. Because God is going to do a new thing. God's going to do something new. I'm telling you. Stand with me for the reading of God's word. They had no idea. It was just a normal day. An average day. 
Same routine as always. Acts chapter 3 and verse 1. Now Peter and John went up together. Say together. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, which is three o'clock. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb. Just in case you needed a scripture on sometimes we face obstacles and limitations that come to us, that, that are genetic, that literally come to us before we're ever even born. Some things we got to get victory over. Some things got to be got to be dealt with and we got to endure through them as a good soldier and a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple which is called beautiful to ask alms from those who entered the temple who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple asked for alms and fixing his eyes on him with John Peter said look at us so he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said these beautiful words. Boy, I've heard this preached before. Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up and immediately, instantly, say the word immediately, immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength so he leaping up stood and walked and entered the temple with them walking leaping and praising God and Hannah I wrote down here on my I said dancing he was dancing and all the people saw him walking and praising God then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Now as the lame man who was healed held on to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them in the porch, which is called Solomon's, greatly amazed. So when Peter saw it, he responded to the people. Gotta love Peter. Men of Israel, why do you marvel at this, or why? Look so intently at us as though by our own power or godliness we've made this man well. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But you denied the Holy One and the just and asked for a murderer to be granted to you. Boy, he is literally stepping all over their toes. I mean, he is not pulling any punches. He's not being nice. He's not being one of them preachers that just talks sugar and spice. Goes on. And you killed the prince of life. Goodness gracious, if they weren't mad before, they are now. Whom God raised from the dead, of which we are witnesses. Then he preaches. And his name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong whom you see and you know. Yes, the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Father, we ask your challenge on our hearts to grow and to move deeper. 
into a place we have never been before. In the name of Jesus Christ, we ask it. Amen. You can be seated. When I began to look at this scripture and really read over it and read over it and mull over it, lay in my bed and think about it, pray about it, I kept going back over how this is like a pattern. This is like something for us to understand. This is like in the daily walk thing. Because here's Peter and John going to the temple for that regular, normal hour of prayer. But yet, the day is going to be different. The day is not going to be the same. Something has transformed and changed in the atmosphere. Linda Robinson came into a service carrying her the weight of the world on her. She didn't realize when she got in the car and drove over from Miller in Lebanon all the way over here to Stratford Heights and got on the pew. She didn't know that God was going to turn everything around for her and that her trip home was going to be different than her trip in. You never know when God is going to use you. You never know when God is going to do something supernatural. So you've got to have some things in place waiting and ready for when God moves. You don't know when. I like the old Karen Wheaton song. I don't know when, I don't know how, but he's going to do it again. If God did it once, he'll do it for somebody else. If he did it for you, then I'm going to stand and I'm going to say, God, you did it for them. You can do it for me. I believe he's the God of deliverance. He's a God of victory. He's not a God that's going to leave you out there without a testimony. God is going to give you a testimony. But there are several things that you've got to understand on your journey towards your testimony. You've got to stay faithful to what God has put in place in your life. God wants to do something amazing. And there's something that always takes place in the work that God is doing. This challenges some people's theology. But God is always moving forward. He's always moving forward. He's always expanding, always growing. I loved the science uh, message, a documentary that I was watching not too long ago. It talked about the universe and how from the beginning of time, the universe just keeps expanding. It just keeps being created. Just, it just keeps getting larger and larger. Suns and moons and, and stars just keep popping up. You know, that shows God's character, his amazing character. God speaks something into existence, and it continues. It, it just goes in God. In order for God, when he was creating the worlds, and he called the, the sun and the moon and the stars and the planets... In order for all that to ever stop, God had to say, stop. Because when he speaks it, it automatically just keeps happening. And apparently he loves what he's doing because in all these years, he's never stopped that. He just keeps growing more and more and more and more and more. And science backs it up. God is always moving forward. In my life spiritually, I've noticed through the years, God is always growing me and moving me forward. I don't understand the mentality of us four and no more. I don't understand the mentality of people who don't want to grow and don't want to move out and don't want to outreach and don't want to get out and change. I, I am a changing person. Liz said this to me one time. She said, you are the changingest pastor we've ever had. I like change. I don't even like my furniture to stay the same. You walk in my house, you'll never know where my couch is going to be. I move everything around all the time. Every six months or so, I just get bored. 
And so I move it all around. I'll move my deck around. My furniture on my deck has been on every end you can think of. I just move. I like change. I like to progress. I like to move. I like to go forward. That's a dangerous thing when you're a pastor. Because I'm always sniffing around, dreaming, looking at something else we can get involved in. It might be something like a tote ministry. It might be something else. It could be anything. But it's something that when you got this down inside of you, it reflects what I know and read in Scripture. When the Bible says, without a vision, the people will perish. If you don't have a vision, if you don't have a dream, if you don't have a desire, if you don't want to grow, if you don't want to expand, if you don't want to get better, if you don't want that in your life, the Bible says you're dead. So we got a challenge in front of us. We're 100 years old, and we've had some dreamers in our history. We had some folks that it's unbelievable what they were able to accomplish, what they were able to do. When I look back over our history, and we're studying it so much more that we're getting ready for October, this wonderful documentary that Josh and Missy Boyer are putting together, it's amazing. It'll blow your mind. It's wonderful. But when I'm looking back at the history, and I'm looking at the people who didn't have the technology and the iPads and didn't have all the technology and all the cell phones that we have now, but yet they were so determined to grow for the kingdom of church. They were dreamers. They were dreamers who were following a plan that God had already designed. They were just tapping in on what God's still doing today. And that's that God is expanding. You see, God is always expanding two things, always. He's always expanding his kingdom. And he's always expanding you and me. Everything that God is doing is to expand the kingdom to build the kingdom, and to build you. When you're not growing spiritually, when you're not advancing spiritually, when you're not moving forward spiritually, there's a problem. You need to shake yourself. You need to listen to a good Hillsong CD, or you need to listen to, you know, I listened to a choir yesterday. It just floated my boat. What was that guy's name? I don't even know who they were, but they were singing that song. I don't know if you saw my video on Facebook, but I'm telling you, the young people, they sang a song. You kids were amazing. They sang a song called, I love it. It's, it's a great song. It says, the blood still works. Oh, you didn't even hear me when I said that. There are at least been 20 amens. The blood still works. And they were up there singing. The next thing you know, just like in the olden days, the Holy Ghost fell on that stage, here was a bunch of Ohio kids, all of our kids, a lot of them up there in that choir. And they were singing, the blood still works. And as they were doing that, I was watching these teenagers with their hands up in the air, tears streaming down their face. And next thing you know, pandemonium breaks out. And the whole place is praising God because the blood still works. And it'll never lose its power. Never. I was watching them, and I thought to myself, oh, I'm thankful for the, for the old days. I'm thankful for the glory days. I'm thankful for our history and our heritage. But I'm so thankful. I'm more thankful that in 2015, God is still anointing and touching with his Holy Ghost. He's still moving mightily in the hearts and lives of those who are hungry for him. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. God's into new things. He only uses the past for instructions. 
He only uses the past as a signpost to the future. God said it himself in Isaiah chapter 43 and verse 15. He said, I am the Lord, your, I am the Lord, your holy one, the creator of Israel, your king. Thus says the Lord. I should stop right there. Thus says who? The Lord, who makes a way in the sea. Oh, yes, we remember when you did that. And a path through the mighty waters who brings forth the chariot and horse, the army and the power. They shall lie down together and they shall not rise. Oh, yes, Lord, we remember when you did that for the enemies of Israel. They are extinguished. They are quenched like a wick. Yes, God, we remember what you did. We love that, Lord. Oh, do. Listen, I wish we could go back to that time. I wish we could go back there and, oh, what a glorious time that would have been. In verse 18, Isaiah 43 and 18, the Bible says, then God says, do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, look, observe, keep your eyes open. He says, I'm going to do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. In other words, he's saying, you know, the, the past is there to show you what I can do. The past is there as a signpost, a memorial, if you will, that says this is what he did, and if he did that then, he can do even better now. He can do it again. He can do it now. He can touch us and move mighty mountains out of our way. He can run rivers in the desert today. He can let the desert blossom like a rose today. He can literally part the waters today if he has to. That's the part God wants us to get. He doesn't want us to relish in the stories of yesterday. He wants us to look to those stories and say, because he's a God of the Red Sea. He's a God of the Miami River in the name of Jesus Christ. That's what he wants us to know. You don't have to stay under the limitations and under the barriers. You don't have to stay down. You can, man, you can look up. You can understand he's a God of healing today. He's a God of deliverance today. He's a God that can do it today. What he's looking for is people who will believe him, people that will have faith, people that will stand strong, people that will believe his word and will stand mightily on it. He wants to do a new thing. He wants to do a new thing. What is that? What is that? When I read through this, this story, you know, we're part of the history of this church. One of the things that was very important as we were studying and we've been preparing for this dedication coming up in October, our birthday party. So we were looking back, Brian, over all the good memories and the good things and the the building programs and the things that took place and how they were packed and they were this and they had buses and they did this ministry and then they did that ministry and this missionary was saved out of our church. J.H. Ingram, one of the greatest missionaries known to the church world, literally got saved in an old Clayton Street revival. Just so many wonderful things to look back on and be proud of that happened in our church. 
But as I was studying that and looking at the pictures and going through the albums, and I was thinking about the Morrisons. I was thinking about how they just invited people to their front porch, and, and they just started strumming on guitars and singing and getting a Bible scripture out. Probably didn't know a whole lot. None of them was ordained preachers of any kind. They weren't even in a church. They were on the front porch over here on Auburn Street. That house is still there today. You know, and they were just playing and singing, and the power of God was, was, met, was with them, and they were crying tears, and they were praying prayers and singing songs and they'd close it up and God looking down from heaven said oh if you could just see what I see if you could just see what's down the road if you could see the plan that I have for you ah for I know the plans that I have for you says the Lord plans to prosper you to give you hope and to give you a future here is God looking down on that little house and then I kind of feel Andrew I kind of feel like Back then, God was looking down on that little porch. Those little people in 1915 didn't know very much, Stuart. Didn't know very much, but I think they were looking ahead. And they were looking all the way up to 2015. God was looking at them on that porch, and God said, they don't even know that in 2015, their great-great-great-grandson is going to be working on the Clayton Street Mission, passing out school supplies for little kids over at the school. There's, there's such a plan and such a design that God has for us. We can't even imagine it in our minds. But God has it all worked out. What he did then is only because he's doing something greater today. And he's getting us ready for what he wants this world to know about him. He's coming soon, and he's getting the church ready. And my, 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 what plans he has for us. It says one day, Peter and John were going up to the temple to, at the time of prayer. They were going up together. That's the first thing we got to understand and know. I'm going to be preaching this for weeks because I'm only on my first point right now. Together, we need one another. We need one another, Peter and John together. You know why it was Peter and John going up there together? Think about it for a minute. Peter was the brash one, the bold one, the one that opened his mouth and say everything. John was the compassionate one. John was the loving one. John was silent and quiet. He was quiet at the cross. He was quiet on the night when they were all gathered in the upper room. Here's Peter declaring, you'll not wash my feet, and who's going to betray us, and who's going to betray you, Lord? Who is it? Name him. And everybody else is saying all kinds of stuff, fussing about who's going to be this and who's going to be that. And there's the beloved just sitting back with his head on Christ's chest, not saying anything. He was a quiet nature, full of compassion, he was the only one at the cross with his hands wrapped around Jesus' mother. He was the quiet one. But old Peter, man, he's bold and brash, and he'll cut the soldier's ear off. And he'll declare and get out there in the middle of anything. He don't care. He preached the greatest sermon you ever heard at the day of Pentecost. He just stepped up on top of a rock and said, These people are not drunken as you suppose, seeing this is just the third hour of the day, but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel, that in the, in the last days I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. There is Peter. Can you not see him dancing all over that rock, just going to town, being all embarrassing because he's so emotional and Pentecostal. Here they are walking together to the temple. Quiet John. Peter, hey, what's going on? Yeah, yeah I was the guy I preached on the rock. <laughs> that was me. And they're walking to the temple. And John says, there's that man. He's sitting in the gate. 
Now we're going to have to step over him again like we did yesterday. I don't know. There's just something in my heart today, Peter. I think we should stop and talk to him. We ain't got time to talk to him. We, we got too much to do. He's there every single day. I mean, the guy is always there. He probably makes a bundle. John says, no, Peter, there, I feel something. You know, ever since we've come out of that upper room, there, didn't, didn't Jesus say that we would do greater works than he did? Didn't you feel different when the Holy Ghost came on you? Didn't we feel a boldness to do more for the Lord? I, I, feel, like we should, I feel like we should talk to him. My heart is broken for him. Oh, John, you're always so sorry for people. All right. So Peter walks over, and John's just standing there. Hey, look here. I don't have no money. But what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, stand up and walk. And then what did he do? Then what did he do? He reached down, and it says he took him by the hand and pulled him up. Now, can you see that man laying down there? He's like, what do you think you're doing? Police! There's no re- Look, I'm just wanting lunch here. I'm, I'm collecting a little change here. I just want my lunch. Man, you don't have to get so violent. Just step over me like you always do. Can I just say this? Sometimes one of the greatest miracles you'll ever see in your life is maybe something that's just been in your way for a long time. Stop and pay attention to what's happening all around you. You don't know when God's going to drop something in your path that's going to change your day, change your life, and change somebody else's life. He reached down and grabbed his hand, but then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, when he grabbed his hand, that Holy Ghost, Pentecostal, Acts chapter 2 power that everybody laughs about and talks about. Even today, that power got a hold of him. And there in that moment, that man felt something stir down in his leg, then into the other leg and into his arms. And he felt something burning hot inside him. And the next thing you know, he's dancing. Peter pulled him up. The next thing you know, that man is picking up his stuff and he is doing the Watusi all the way into the temple. He gets into the temple and everybody's wondering, who is that lunatic? Who is that crazy man? And the world is still calling you crazy. They're still calling you crazy. They'll call you crazy till Jesus comes. But we're not in this thing to worry about what the world thinks about us. We're in this thing to know we have been a part of the kingdom expansion of God's will and work in the earth. We're part of it. And we're getting stronger and we're getting better every day. We're not looking back to yesterday because we've lost the power. I'm here to tell you this morning, the power of the Holy Ghost is as real and is on fire in this house today as it ever was clear back to the greatest revival you ever heard of. And until we get our mind 
matched up with our miracles, we're not going to keep laying in the gate, sitting by, watching everybody else get a miracle. It's time for somebody to take hold of the power and let it work in your life and create a testimony. We've got them all over the church. Terry Martin had stage four cancer, and here she sits this morning. How many years later? Six years later. Well, I guess the doctor got that wrong. No offense, Dr. Small, Dr. Ray. Those two I know, Holy Ghost-filled doctors, they'd be happy to be wrong about a diagnosis. They'd love to see God answer prayers like that. We're planning her funeral, standing out in the lobby. Me and Doug planning her funeral out there while she's laying in the hospital room. She's dying. But the power of God reached down where she was and took hold of her hand, and she felt something. She felt something. Something to, oh, you can still feel the power this morning. You can still touch the hem of his garment. Jesus turned around as the woman reached through the crowd, and he said, who touched me? I'm telling you, he's just waiting on somebody to really touch him this morning. He's just waiting on you to get past your limitations, to get past where you are. You may not have it all figured out. You may not know exactly what it all means. But listen, if you're sitting at the gate called beautiful, sitting there in your ugly situation, I'm telling you, God is coming by. I don't know if it's going to be 10 o'clock, 12 o'clock, or 3 o'clock, but I know that God is getting ready to come by. And when he does, you got to be found waiting, watching, and faithful to the work that God's going to do. Don't give up. We got too many Christians who are giving up. They're quitting about halfway through. Your testimony is half. Well, God can keep me part of the way. Well, God can keep me half the way. Oh, God, he, he almost was there. He almost came through. You can trust him. You trusted him yesterday. You trusted him six years ago, five years ago, ten years ago. You can trust him today just like you could then. You get up and you wash your face and you go and you praise God and you follow the, the path of faith and you stay faithful. Get the gate called beautiful. Jesus is coming by. He may, it may be a John. It may be a Peter. It may be both of them. It may be somebody named Martha. But whoever it is, is coming by. And when they come by, it's a divine appointment. Because God is getting us ready. He's getting the one ready who's down. And he's getting the one ready who's up and ready. He, all of us. How many of you know all of us at one time or another? We're all that people. Uh, there's sometimes I'm down by the gate called beautiful. And I'm the one reaching up. There are other times I get to be the one that comes by the gate. And I get to lift my hand down there and pull him up. I don't know which you are or which I am most of the time. But I do know this. He is faithful to the ones who will keep walking. Who will keep moving and not die on the vine. They'll stay motivated and keep working the plan that God has. I'll never forget. And I know most of you know this story. I won't go into detail about it. Somebody here doesn't know it. And the Holy Spirit's prompting me. It was one night. Sitting on the couch about 11.30 at night. When the thought came to me very strongly, you need milk. And as I sat there, I said, I need milk. I need to go to the store and get some milk. 
Then I turned around and I said, no, I don't need milk. It's 1130 at night. I am not going to get milk. You have no milk for your cereal. I have no milk for my cereal. I need to go. I'm not going. I'm going to go to bed. I turned the light out. I'm going to go to my bedroom. You need to go get milk. I need to go get milk. So I'll go to Marsh's. Marsh's is a block down the street from my house. I'll go to Marsh's. No, you're going to go to Middletown, all the way to Myers. No, I'm not going to go to Myers. You're going to go to Myers. I'm going to go to Myers. Okay, I'll go over here to Myers. I get over to Myers. I'm walking in Myers. I go get me a gallon of milk. I'm getting ready. I'm over here talking to Richard, who was working there at the time, and John Holland, a couple of folks were there. And I was talking and chit-chatting with them. All of a sudden, that same prompting said, okay, it's time to go. All right, guys. I said it to them straight up. I said, I got to go. Had no clue. I was not walking around. Selah. Pause. Think about it. The Holy Spirit is speaking. I was just like, I got to get milk. (laughs) You got to go. So I go. I get in my car. I get on 75. I go two exits up to Franklin where I lived. And I get off the Franklin 123 exit. As I'm going off, all of a sudden, I hear explosions left and right. And I didn't know what was happening. I turned to the left in time to see a blue blur as it's end over end over end over end and smashing right in the road in front of me. I go off the road, down in the ditch, and I get out of my car, and I'm looking at this car turned upside down, smoking like crazy, glass everywhere, metal twisted everywhere, and I didn't know what to do. I run over to the car. There's two boys in the car. I'm like, oh, no, and I'm pulling them out. They're covered in blood. I sit them down. Eddie and another guy, uh, Eddie and Calvin, and I'm looking at Eddie and Calvin, and I'm like, Man, you guys okay? No, we're not okay. We're, and they're talking. I'm like, well, wait, you got a phone. I'll call your mom. I'll call, we, we'd already called 911, just by the way. So we called 911, and we got them. And I'm calling, getting to go call their parents. And then the one guy is like, Nick, where's Nick? And I'm like, Nick, who's Nick? There's nobody else in the car. He's like, Nick, Nick was with us. He was in the car. I said, where is Nick? I don't know. He's, he's getting up. I'm like, you stay here. I go in the grass. I'm looking all over the grass. As I finally look across and find in the big part of the weeds, I see this young boy shaking and trembling and down in that grass. And I get down beside him. And I said, Nick, my name is Ray. I'm a youth pastor. You're going to be okay, buddy. And I put my hand on him, and he stopped shaking. His face was covered in blood, and I reached down. I didn't know what to do. I just felt like he couldn't breathe. So I pulled his face just a little bit so that I, the, his nose would be clear to breathe. And I laid there with him, sat there with him, and, I, and I, just, I just kept my hand on him. I tried to take my hand off, and he started shaking again. I'm sure he was in shock. And, he, and I put my hand back on him, and he stopped. And so he kept trying to say something. I said, don't try to say anything. And then the, that voice, that voice said, it's his last time. Pray with him. Pray a prayer for him to be right with me. And I, I said, Nick, I said, I'm a, I'm a pastor. I said, you're hurt really bad. I said, I'm going to pray a prayer with you. And I need you to pray this with me. And he kept trying to tell me something. And I said, just, just pray this prayer with me. And I said the most theological prayer you'll ever hear in your life. I said, Jesus, help me. Forgive me. And I saw the kid mouth my words. And he's shaking. He's upset. Next thing I know, there's fire trucks and, and ambulances. And a helicopter ends up coming, landing right on the highway. And they swoop him off. 
I took the kids, the two other boys, I took them to Atrium, got them at Atrium Hospital. It was Middletown Hospital then. And I got in the car and I flew to Miami Valley Trauma Center. Nick went on to be with the Lord. How do I know he went on to be with the Lord? For I am here in great power, says the Lord. Know that I can do anything and nothing is impossible. You have trusted in many avenues of strength and help on your journey, but you have failed to look to me. I will help you. I will deliver you. I am here today. Trust in me. Lean upon me. Look to me and get your eyes back on my power. And I will sustain you and deliver you, says the Lord. Amen. Amen. Stand with me. It was a few days later. I got a phone call from a lady named Beverly. She said, are you Ray Phillips? I said, yes, ma'am. She said, my name is Beverly. She told me her last name. I didn't recognize her. She said, I'm Nick Jordan's mother. And I said, oh. I said, ma'am, I'm so sorry. Thank you. She goes, I'm, I'm at the cemetery. We're leaving the cemetery, and Calvin's mother had told her that a youth pastor was at the wreck and prayed with Nick. She said, did you pray with my boy? I said, yes, ma'am, I did. She started weeping. She said, you're my angel. She goes, six months ago, I left Middletown. I had raised Nick in church. Every Sunday, he went to church with me. She goes, but in the six months that I've been out here in Arizona getting set up for a new home for us, he was staying back to graduate. She said he quit going to church. He's been hanging out with all the wrong people. She goes, and I prayed every single day that if he ever got in trouble, that God would send him an angel, send him somebody that would help him. She said, you're the answer to that prayer. She goes, I can leave this cemetery because I know my Nick is in heaven. And in that moment, I saw how important it is to be ready to be used to be ready for God to move Nick wasn't in a place where he was doing right but he was covered in intercessory prayer and he had God's heart and thank God he appealed to my appetite got me to the site I've often said Lord I, I wish I wasn't such a numbskull I wish you didn't have to appeal to my stomach in order to get me to move Lord I want it to be easier I want you to be able to whisper in my ear and I'll go 
I want to be able to hear your voice and know it's you and you not have to coax me, push me. I learned a valuable lesson about listening to the voice of God. God was growing me. God grew me. God grew him. God protected him, provided for him, and God expanded and grew his kingdom. You and I have been given the greatest gift in the world. We've been given eternal life. We have been blessed beyond this existence, beyond this world, this life. We've been given so much. And God, all he wants in return is our loyalty. He wants our faithfulness. He wants us to stand and be ready to be used. God is doing something in this church. He's getting us ready. I believe there's going to be more miracles. I believe there'll be miracles from this service. I believe faith is rising in the people. And I believe that God is getting this church ready for some major ministry. We're going to be there on the sides of the streets. We're going to be there in the parks. We're going to be on the side of the road. We're going to be in the living room or in the back room at the house. We're going to be in places where the Holy Spirit is going to speak to you. He's going to build you up. He's going to make you strong. He's going to anoint you. It's time for us to get away from wishy-washy Christianity. It's time for us to get away from weakness and being frail and fragile. It's time to get tough and get strong and get muscle, if you will, in our faith and get strong. The Bible says, Ephesians chapter 6, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. We got to be strong in him. In order to be used in the battles that wage. For our weapons are not carnal, but they're mighty through God. To the pulling down of strongholds. Things that stand in the way. The weapons of our warfare are God's weapons. Pulling down strongholds. Casting down imaginations. Deception. And every other high thing. Anything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Do you know who you serve? Do you know who we're a part of? D.A. Biggs saw us. He saw this place packed from left to right all those years. He may not have saw it physically, but he saw it in his spirit. And he said, ladies, ministries, keep going. Young people's endeavor, Friday nights, keep going. We got a future to worry about. We got young people 100 years from now that's gonna be benefiting from this, this faithfulness in this that we're doing. Haskell Jenkins came in. He put away his personal sacrifices, his personal issues, and he said, no, we're going to build a church at Clayton Street. We're going to preach the gospel. We're going to get people saved. We're going to keep on keeping on marching forward. Let's build a new building. Let's get over here. And they moved over to Wilbraham Road. Robert Graham takes us in there, and we start having church. Buses are running left and right. 300 kids coming in every single Sunday. The place packed to the brim. And they said, we got to build. We got to do more. And they kept going and kept going and kept going. We've been in four building projects in our 100 years. And guess what? In 2015, we are back at it again. Why? Because God is always about expanding and building and moving forward. That's what God does. That's what God does. And if we'll get our head out of the clouds 
if we'll get our, all of our emotions under control and we'll get back to what God cares about, then we will move forward in the name of Jesus Christ. We'll move forward. We'll get more bags. We'll do more ministry. We'll love people in this community. What made Clayton Street, Stratford Heights, was that back in 1915, they loved Middletown. And in our 100 years, I challenge us as we move forward to go back to what made us strong. Clayton Street Mission. Get back to loving Middletown, loving people, giving of ourselves. If we're only here, you've heard me say this before, but if we're only here for ourselves, we're not a church. We're a club. If we're only here for ourselves, hear this. I feel the anointing of the Spirit when I say it. Because you may not think that you're doing this or you feel this way, but listen to me in your spirit. If we are only meeting in this house for ourselves, we are not a church. We are a club. Might as well charge you membership. Get you your benefits package. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. God is calling us to go deeper. He's calling us to launch out. He's calling us to shake ourselves. Roll up our sleeves and get to work. We need one another. We need each other. I can't do it without you. I'm who I am. I'll speak up. I'm the kind of brash one maybe. But I need the one that can, is full of compassion and can work and full of mercy and grace. And I need the ones that, that know history, that have experience. I, I need the ones that, that know how to properly minister to the streets. I, I need those with knowledge and experience. I, I need those who can sing. I need those who can cheat, teach. I need those who can just love little babies and take care of children. And I need those who are able to act and dramatize. I need you. We need each other. John and Peter had to go together that day or maybe, maybe there would have never been a healing for that man. We need each other. So I challenge you today to, to go deeper. For us to appreciate one another, love one another, forgive one another. Is that so terrible? Just if, if, if I have offended you, if I hurt your feelings, if I said something out of stupidity and ignorance, I will be the first to admit I can open mouth and put both feet in it. If I've done that, I am sorry. I didn't mean it. I promise you I didn't mean it. Forgive one another. Love one another. Let's remove all the hindrances, all the things that keep us away from being used in power. Let's get unified, become one together. As I said last week, 
I ain't got time to judge you. I don't have time. I got too much time working on me. If you are sitting there and you want to analyze and look at everybody in the church and you want to figure out who's right and who's wrong, who's on, who's off, who's spiritual, who's not spiritual, who's playing around, who isn't playing around, quit policing the church. Let the Holy Ghost do His job. Last I checked, the job description for Savior has already been taken. God's throne is already occupied. You don't get it. So forgive. Let God judge. You love. And serve. Be unified. Come together. God's doing some amazing things. He is answering prayers left and right. God wants to answer your prayer. With every head bowed and every eye closed. You've been praying for a long time. What are you praying for? What are you believing for? What are you asking God for that you've almost gave up on? I want you to dare right here in this place today. I want you to ask him again. Right now, right where you're standing, I want you to ask the Lord. I want you to think of those things you need to ask him. And I want you to pray in this house right here, right now, for those things. I'm going to give you a minute to do it. What do you want God to do? What do you need him to do in your life, in the life of your family? What do you need? And then I want you to be ready. Because usually that means he's going to change something. He's going to change something. It might be you. Be ready. Be waiting at the gate called beautiful. Be waiting. Father, we come to you this morning. I sense such a heaviness of your Holy Spirit in this place. I pray that you will touch us together as a church. My, what a history we have. Lord, that history is a signpost to our future I believe it's it's a historical record so that we continue to make history touch us together as a church as we move forward into 2015 and 2016 Lord I love it in that scripture where it says that the people in the temple saw the man dancing and shouting and praising God and they said isn't he the one who used to sit by the gate Lord I, I feel like there are a bunch of folks in here that after today they used to be one way and they're going to be a different way when they walk out I'm praying that as we get in our cars today we are challenged to be better to go deeper to go for it to be the best that we can be to give you everything that we are to anoint us, Lord, to empower us, God. Speak to us and whisper to us in our ears so that when we go to the grocery store, to the market, or we, or we go to the job, or we go to the house even, Lord, we're waiting. We're ready for the conversation. We're ready for the ministry. We're ready to reach hold and grab hold of someone for something instantly to happen. God, we're ready. We're waiting. We want to be used. Touch us today to make an influence and a difference everywhere we are and go. 
touch us today. Soften our hearts. Give us a little more of John's compassion and a lot more of Peter's boldness. Put us together with others, God, who can help us and complement the ministry. Touch us as you lead us. And God, keep surprising us with more and more of your glory in miracles and answered prayer. And I pray it all in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Right where you're standing today, I know I've kept you and I'm so sorry. But if you are unsaved and you need to pray the prayer of salvation before you leave here today, I am prompted in my spirit not to leave, not to dismiss until you've had the opportunity to pray. So if you're here and you need things right in your heart with God, very simply I'm going to ask you if you'll slip up your hand and write back down and we're going to pray with you today. Is there anyone at all in this house? Anyone? God bless you. God bless you. You're the one we've waited on then. Is there another? Is anybody else? I want to pray, Pastor. Before I leave here today, I want to pray. God bless you. All right. Excellent. Anyone else? Anyone else? It's worth our time, isn't it? Nobody ever gets really upset when a team goes into overtime. We're, we're going to over, into overtime for a good cause. Anyone else? I'm going to pray right now. Is there anyone else? A few seconds. We're going to wait. All right. These that have lifted their hands, we're going to pray this prayer. You're going to walk out of here different. You two are guaranteed to walk out totally different than you came in. Because that's the promise of God. He says, I will give you a new heart. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. A man believes in his heart that Christ died on the cross for him and was risen again for him. Then ask the Lord to forgive him of his sins. He is a new creature. Born again. We're going to pray. Let's pray together. Everybody help me. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I want to be a Christian. I believe you died on the cross that you rose from the dead, that you ascended to the Father, that you purchased my salvation. I believe you're the Son of God. I ask you to come into my heart to forgive me of my sins. And I believe, therefore I'm saved. Help me every day. Help me to grow. I declare your Lord of my life. In the name of Jesus, thank you for saving me. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. As dismissal, I want to read this to you. you. You call me out upon the waters, the great unknown where feet may fail. And there I find you in the mystery in oceans deep my faith will stand. Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters. Wherever you would call me, take me deeper than my feet could ever wander. My faith will be made stronger in the presence of my Savior. Oh, Jesus, you're my God. Amen. Amen. Remember that we need help taking out these bags to a vehicle. If you will help us, take a few minutes. Thank you.